Hi, I'm Dr. Rebecca May, and this is Arcana Advances. Follow along as we explore all renal research happenings at Arcana Laboratories. Hi, welcome to Arcana Advances, where we discuss exciting new research in renal pathology performed by our very own physicians. I'm Dr. Rebecca May, and today we have a special episode of the podcast with Dr. Tiffany Kaza. We'll be discussing our collaboration, which was recently published in Kidney International, titled A Multi-Center Retrospective Cohort Study Defines the Spectrum of Kidney Pathology in Coronavirus 2019 Disease, COVID-19. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Kaza. Thanks for having me, and also all of your work in the study. (laughs) So we have a few prior episodes of the podcast, which review the effects of COVID-19 infection in the kidney, which include the first published case report of collapsing glomerulopathy in COVID-19, which you termed COVAN. And since the beginning of the pandemic, we have unfortunately seen a large number of kidney biopsies from patients with COVID-19. And early in the pandemic, the amazing Dr. Kaza created a collaborative group across multiple institutions to study the effects of COVID-19 on the kidney. Can you talk a little bit about how you came up with the idea to form the group and how um, the group came together? Yeah, but first you're giving me a ton more credit than I deserve here. But anyways, the COVID-19 study arose um, early in the pandemic, about April of 2020, after giving a nephrology journal club, or an FJC, on a Chinese autopsy series of 26 patients who had COVID. At the time, there were essentially no elective procedures being done, personal protective equipment was being conserved, and although a lot of patients were developing kidney injury uh, from COVID-19, we didn't have a sense of what was underpinning this. Autopsy studies are fraught by some artifacts, including autolysis, uh, DIC, multi-organ dysfunction with death, and we needed to look at biopsies, and to do that, we needed a lot of pathologists and nephrologists to contribute and get a big group together. So we called ourselves the COVID-19 Kidney Biopsy Consortium. I helped coordinate this, and then Dr. May pulled the sled with all the study with a ton of data collection, and we're going to discuss all of this today. But did you initially reach out to people via Twitter or how did you organize that initial group of collaborators? Because you're you're right, we um, early in the pandemic, there were very few biopsies being done. So even though we see so many here at Arcana, just overall things were shut down. So it was important to get all those different institutions together. How do you find all those people? Yeah, it was social media, actually. Yeah, Um, yeah. It was the idea of Dr. Edgar Lerma actually following that. He has uh, a ton of a following and is a very well-established nephrologist. And um, he has a lot of collaborators. We got a lot of people together who are on that NFJC chat. And people invited their friends, and we encouraged (laughs) others to get the the word out and... Luckily, they did, and we ended up with 56 people on the project. That's amazing. I mean, that's a great collaboration, especially in such a time of uncertainty. So uh, like you mentioned, I came to be involved in the project. I came to Arcana after you had set up this initial group of collaborators, and we were starting to realize what a large undertaking this was. 
So we um, went into the project with a really open mind and included all biopsies from patients with documented COVID-19 infection. And we were working with many different institutions, like you said, and looking for biopsy patterns. So we wanted all the histologic analysis to be uniform. So we had everything reviewed at our institution at Arcana Laboratories. And um, Dr. Kaza designed the original parameters that would need to be gathered on each of the case. And many of the renal pathologists here at Arcana volunteered to evaluate the cases and score them. And we also um, spent a lot of time trying to get as much clinical information on the patients as possible. So Arcana is a reference laboratory, so we don't have access to the electronic health records for all of the patients. So we really relied on our nephrologists all around the country, and it really did feel like a true collaboration. So going into the project, our main question was how the kidney is affected by COVID-19. And in total, we looked at 284 kidney biopsies, which is a lot of kidney biopsies. <laughs> um, and we split that group into native and transplant biopsies. And Dr. Kaza came up with an excellent idea when we were putting this data together to look at five years of pre-pandemic kidney biopsy data to see if the frequency of the diagnoses were increased in COVID-19 patients. So um, can you talk about what we discovered in those 240 native biopsies? Yeah, sure. Um, so we found that collapsed single myelopathy or COVAN was markedly increased in COVID-19 patients with 25.8% um, of patients with COVID-19 having collapsed single myelopathy. This was followed by acute tubular injury. And I'd like to note that there may be some selection bias in who was biopsied. Um, it could potentially be that acute tubular injury may be the most common manifestation in COVID-19, although not increased compared to the biopsy database because patients who don't have an active urine sediment or don't present with nephrotic syndrome may not undergo biopsy, but of the biopsied population, collapsing was the most common in around a quarter of all comers. Compared to pre-pandemic biopsies, there were less than 2% with collapsed single myelopathy, so this is a tenfold increase. COVID-19 patients also had an increased rate of myoglobin cast nephropathy, and this could be related to rhabdomyolysis that occurs in the setting of COVID-19. And then interestingly, we found that proliferative glomerulonephritis with monoclonal immunoglobulin deposits was also increased. Um, this was a bit of a peculiar finding, as we don't expect a disease that we you know, would think be due to clonal light chains in the setting of infection. However, there are rare reports of PGMID occurring in infection, such as parvovirus B19 or hepatitis C, but these are restricted to case reports. In our series also, there was a reduced frequency of chronic conditions such as diabetic nephropathy, arterial nephosclerosis, and IgA nephropathy. If you looked at patients with COVID-19 now who were biopsied, I'm sure you probably wouldn't find these findings, but this was early in the pandemic when biopsies were being limited, and so you, we saw less chronic disease likely due to a selection bias. Yeah, so we also had 44 transplant biopsies. 
And in that group, which was by far the largest, um, really there were only case reports of transplant biopsies in COVID uh, when this was published. And when we looked at this question, we did see an increase in transplant rejection. And this was both antibody-mediated and T-cell-mediated rejection um, or mixed. And um, just to echo Dr. Kaza's point, um, this was at a time where biopsies were, were very limited. So it did show an increase in transplant rejection among patients with COVID, but that may have also been a bias towards patients that were just um, more sick being biopsied during the pandemic. So you did a thorough and exhaustive literature review, and you combined cases published up until the time of our submission. Um, how did our data compare to those published cases? So there were many small series as well as case reports published up to that time. There have been more since that time, but um, at the time we published, there was 158 native biopsies and seven transplant cases in the literature. They had similar findings as us, that collapsing glomerulopathy is significantly increased in patients with COVID-19. However, these studies varied significantly, and I think that has to do with the diversity of populations, as in China, um, where some of the these first studies came from as the pandemic really affected them most initially. Um, collapsing glomerulopathy wasn't significantly reported, but there also is not a large black population there. Similarly, in New England, that was the case as well, which acute tubular injury was the most common finding. Um, but overall, there were similar findings to us with an increase in collapsing glomerulopathy as well as myoglobin cast nephropathy. Some other interesting associations came up that weren't seen in our cohort, but like uh, oxalate nephropathy related to vitamin C infusions. Um, as intravenous vitamin C is, um, has been shown in some sepsis studies um, to be protective of a reduction in inflammatory cytokines. This is kind of controversial, but it's been found that that excessive load of uh, ascorbic acid that will break down to oxalate um, could induce oxalate nephropathy, but that wasn't something we observed here. So let's talk a little bit more about COVAN, or collapsing glomerulopathy in COVID-19 patients. We hypothesize that there's a similar mechanism to HIV-associated collapsing glomerulopathy called HIVAN, where a viral infection can act as a second hit to in a genetically susceptible individual. And to give everyone some background, ApoL1 genomic high-risk alleles are present in about 14% of African Americans and 1% of Hispanics in the United States. And what we did was uh, we looked in our cohort and performed ApoL1 genotyping for all patients with collapsing glomerulopathy, as well as all the patients of African American or Hispanic descent, um, excluding just a few patients where we had no additional tissue available for testing. And what we found was over 90% of the patients with collapsing glomerulopathy had two ApoL1 high-risk alleles. And in the non-COVAN patients, about a third had a high-risk ApoL1 genotype, which is still, you know, very increased over the general population. There was a lot of interest early in the pandemic regarding whether COVID directly infected the kidney tissue. Dr. Kaza, can you discuss what we did to address that question in these biopsies? 
Uh, sure. We performed immunohistochemistry um, against SARS-CoV-2, a nucleocapsid protein. And within the biopsies, we did not see a significant staining within the tubular epithelium or within glomeruli. Any cases that might have been equivocal, we followed them up by in-situ hybridization um, to look for transcripts, and these were all negative as well. In-situ hybridization was found to be slightly more sensitive from prior studies, um, and so on a subset of cases, we performed uh, IHC and ISH in parallel. There have been other studies looking at COVID infection in the kidney, and the vast majority of them have been negative. Early in the pandemic, we worried about um, inclusions within podocytes um, representing viral particles, which is now not known to not be the case and represent activated and enlarged organelles. There have been PCR studies, which are complicated by patients being viremic at the time of biopsy, um, but... Within our cohort, we didn't find any evidence of direct infection. So, Dr. Kaza, can you discuss some of the overall limitations of the study? We've we've talked about a few, um, but can you can you discuss that a little? Sure. We didn't have a lot of clinical information in this study. Uh, we looked at you know creatinine, proteinuria, some basic variables at the time of biopsy, demographic variables, but we didn't have follow up on some of our patients, particularly not long-term follow-up. But we did what we could and, you know, thought that we had strength in numbers here. Yeah, I think um, we're, we're both really proud of this work. It was a lot of work, but we're really happy with it. And to just summarize our overall findings, we reported an increase in COVAN in myoglobin cast nephropathy and PGMID, as well as renal transplant rejection in patients with COVID-19. There was an increase in APOL1 high-risk genotype in patients biopsied overall compared to the general population, uh, particularly, and this was highlighted in patients with COVAN or collapsing. And there's likely a similar mechanism of disease as there is in HIV or HIVAN. And we did not see any direct infection of the kidney tissue by COVID-19. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Dr. Kaza, and for doing this exciting research, starting it all off and involving me um, as well. I think uh, we both learned a lot and um, had a lot of fun doing this study, too. So follow us on Twitter at Arcana Labs for more exciting kidney news and research. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Rebecca May underscore RP. Dr. Kaza, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at Tiff underscore Kaza. And uh, thank you for having me, Dr. May. And this was a really fun collaboration together. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening. This podcast and more can be found in the iTunes store. For more information and educational programming like this, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, or visit us on the web at arcanalabs.com.